Scott. That was very weak. I apologize. You should. Like Our guest does uh, not approve of that. Bo yes, Hayes. Bo Hayes. What's up, folks? Bo could do it better. No, I need some intro music on our <laughs> podcast. Oh, there you go. We yeah. can help you out with that. Yeah, we you can. Are a podcaster. Yeah. yeah, we could. Yeah. We could call this. We can help you with that. That's oh, right. Good. For a licensing fee, we'll send him bill you later. Pay you in mac and cheese. Hey, hey that's a great deal. You. Absolutely. you brought us some today, which is very thankful. I'm so for. excited. I pointed at it as if anyone can see it, but no one can't. My sister was in town. She lived in Nashville and then moved around, and we took her to Bojack's on Saturday night. She'd never been. She, she never she been. It? She loved it. She okay. never been. She moved away before. What? It opened. And that's what we're here wow. talking about today. Bojacks, the East Bank Mafia. You got your shirt repping. They can't yes. see at home. East Bank, all that fun stuff. Eats Bank. Eats Bank. That, hey. Oh, that's, that's a t-shirt. I'm patenting that. Eats Bank. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Eats Bank. I said it Bank. first. Yep. That's great. But, Bo, thanks for coming on. Man, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit about you. Somebody at home listening doesn't know anything about you. Who are you? Tell us about your family. And what do you do for a living? Okay. Um, man, I'll, I'll start with my family. I'm uh, Good place to start. I'm married with... Uh, Two beautiful kids, boy and a girl. No. Um, I am the co-owner of several things in a... It just keeps of, growing. I think every time new, we talk to you, the list is... <laughs> yeah, man, it's, uh, it started... We, we started with a food truck, and we opened our first brick and mortar in Old Bossier. Uh It's now called the East Bank District. Um, we opened Bojack's first. Uh, our buddy Doug Rogers moved in. Next door to us, he opened the first axe throwing bar in Louisiana. And then we decided, you know what, we like each other. Let's all just go in together. And we opened uh, Frozen Piro, which is like a daiquiri and oyster bar. Um, since then, we've we've built a music venue behind all of those places. And uh, we're, we opened a, a small wedding venue that by the end of this month will kind of be grown out into a wedding venue for about 225 people. Yeah, it's not small. Yeah. It keeps getting bigger. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about the size of a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever told you this. I've told other people, but I'm going to go ahead and take credit for the revitalization of the East Bank. Okay. Because really? we were doing it before this. it was cool. Yeah, no, I like this. When I started as a youth pastor in 2008, mm-hmm. there was nothing going on over there, and I was looking for somewhere to have a space for student ministry. We didn't have a building. Yeah. And we talked to the East Bank Theater, and yep. the lady had gone to the church, and we had student ministry stuff on there on Wednesday nights for about three years at the East Bank Theater, and it was dead. There was nothing over there. Parents were worried about bringing their kids. You don't remember that? Yeah. I don't. I, I've been here since the beginning. And I do not remember about 2011, this. 2011, we didn't have a theater. We didn't have space for student ministry to meet on Sunday mornings. Yeah, so that was really cool. I don't we remember that. I, I was the first youth, first you were, youth minister yeah, of, you were right. of Simple. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I know when we moved in, man, that place, um, it was Antique Row. Yeah, and it was just like it was like one giant flea market, and all the buildings, the the roofs were caving. wasn't in. a great part of town. wasn't real good reputation. Yeah. It's probably a good place to do some student ministry. Yeah, right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we figured it out. That's Simple Church in a nutshell. Oh, where was I? I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't remember that. That's okay. We went upstairs and downstairs. We would do a worship night once a month upstairs in the theater and have kids come. And huh. we did it for about two and a half years. Don't remember that. That's all right, Scott. There's a lot I don't remember, though. <laughs> That's true. Anyway. Anyway, so you are the one kind of running that show. I know you have a team. You have a great group You're of people to work one. with. But okay. you kind of were the one that got that going. But let's go back even pre-history in that. Let's okay. go back. You were in the oil field. You mm-hmm. opened up a food truck. And that yeah, kind of started Why did you that. open up a food truck? Like, what was like, hey... Why don't I open up a food truck while I'm working? Uh, in and the give us a year field. because food trucks are more popular now. There's a lot more yes. of them, but you really were on the early edge here in Bossier. The cusp. All right, so you got to go. You got to go back to like the the old 
me, I guess. Let's see. Man, I'd been in the restaurant business most of my life. I started waiting tables when I was 17, 18. And a baseball uh, player. I listened to a podcast you sent me, didn't know you were a baseball guy. Yeah, I tried to do that, and it didn't work out. I, uh, that's, I needed... I needed tip money, so I was, in, in college I was waiting tables. Um, let's see, waited tables for a while. Left college, kind of uh, moved to this area, uh, and I started working at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, and this is back in my party days, man. That's like, I don't know, I don't know how much of that y'all want to get different into. Different times, uh, sure. Different times for sure. Uh, but I met uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, Peanut, who's yeah. my business partner, uh, working at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, and back then, we we drank a lot, and uh, basically, uh, I think a lot of people in the restaurant business, but kind of known for this, they make their tip money and then they go straight to the bar and they spend all of it. And uh, the idea of a food truck kind of started there, um, and then Peanut and I went to a concert. At uh, Austin City Limits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think Pearl Jam nice. was uh, Scott, back. you got an Eddie Vedder impression over there? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. But we went down to this concert, and uh, I mean, it was a bunch of concerts, 180 bands in three days. Wow. It's in Zilker Park. And, Been uh, there. Man, they they lined the whole park with porta potties, and uh, it's just massive amount of people and we saw a like an 18 wheeler sitting in the middle of that and uh had a booth in front of it and we went up and this guy was serving gumbo and uh i just asked him i was like dude how much gumbo are you gonna serve like he's like well that whole 18 wheeler worth he's like i'll work this weekend i'll make about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. dang and i was like wow hey, peanut you know how to make gumbo <laughs> <laughs> how hard is this <laughs> and we ate on food trucks kind of the rest of that weekend and it I know, that's where the idea started yeah. i mean like life and bills and all that stuff happens we didn't have any capital it was just an idea um so fast forward a little bit i had left town um Working the my, oil field, right? Yeah, my wife and I decided, hey, we needed benefits, and I got in the oil field. I, I worked out there driving trucks for about five years, um, and I think kind of the tail end of that, my dad had had a heart attack. Hmm. Uh, Peanut, through my parents' divorce, uh, Back in this time, we were all drinking buddies. <laughs> you so, and your dad yeah, and your and best then, friend. And yeah, and so Peanut moves in with my dad. My dad needed a roommate after the divorce. That's hilarious. And so he calls me one day, and it's like, dude, your dad's in the hospital. He had a heart attack. you got to get up here. Oh, man. And so, man, I drove up here as fast as I could. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of that, we, were, we decided we were going to go have a couple of drinks. My dad was fine when I got here. And... In that bar conversation, the food truck came up again, and I think this time it was like, "That's peanuts!" Like I'm doing it, like so he he buys the food truck, and I, I thought it was just going to be like a part time gig, um, and a lot of things kind of came together real quick after that. Man, it's uh, I'd come up on some really kind of two back to back really bad 
accidents in the oil field. Uh, saw some stuff like I wish I could unsee. Mm. Uh, and and I kind of lost my nerve to drive. Uh, so that kind of was going on. I think my wife was getting homesick out there. I mean, we were living in San Angelo, and it's like the desert, man. It's Been there? Yeah. No, Scott uh, worked in the oil field? Yeah, I was oil field, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, that. it's just it's, oh, yeah. it's not like it is here. So yeah. she uh, she wanted to come home, and my job transferred me back here. I thought I was going to work on the food truck on the weekends, and I still kind of didn't have the nerve to drive and didn't really like my boss. and. That doesn't help. Yeah, it just <laughs> no, it doesn't help. Just one day I was just, hey, you know what? I'm gonna quit. So, Bo, looking back, all those things are lining up, and you can see in hindsight how there was things working behind the scenes. But at that moment, you didn't think like, I'm gonna become a successful restaurant entrepreneur. I'm gonna open a bunch of businesses. No, no. You're just like, we're gonna go and try this food truck thing. Yeah. Uh, man, it's there's just so much that's happened in the whole little journey from there. Yeah. And how old were you at that time? Oh, roughly. Was late 20s, early 30s. And I think that's so encouraging and a cool part of your story is you didn't have it all figured out. You didn't have it all lined out. You didn't have this business plan from when you were 15. But over and over again, you can see now in your life that these things were working out and you were able to get to where you were and you made some mistakes along the way. It wasn't always perfect. Yeah. But I think that's so encouraging to somebody that is maybe waiting tables right now is in their 20s and trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. And you don't have to have it all figured out. Man, I'm going to tell you this. My, my life, and I think my wife would kind of agree that like her life and our life together when we met each other, uh, man, we were a train wreck, man. Like there, there was no plan. It was, man, go out, have fun, party, uh, try to pay the bills. We did everything backwards. I mean, we, we didn't get married first. We had a kid first, um, and all of a sudden, like we're now responsible for taking care of another life, human being. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it was, it was like we knew something had to change in our life, and I think moving. To West Texas was kind of that. Man, we we got to get away from all the things we've been doing. Uh, let's get out. Let's get out of here and do this different. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna tell you this. Like spiritually, dude, I, I'm completely bankrupt. Like all the way uh, up until really my daughter was born. Um, and I think it's uh, it's kind of the first time that like I kind of maybe challenge God and was like, dude, you got to show me something mm. like I, I'm not prepared to be a parent. Yeah. Did you grow uh, up in church? Do you have a church background? Oh man. I, my parents took me to church until I was six and we had, man, just kind of, I don't know if this is worth talking about, but uh, man, we were, we went to a Methodist church and our pastor was actually busted uh, in mm. a limousine doing Ooh. some things he shouldn't do. And I think it put a sour taste in my parents' mouth, really. They they were, they were, just kind of backed off going to church. Yeah. I didn't grow up in it at all. Um, I would like to say that I didn't really actively go out and try to gather information like I should, sure. I guess. You're a teenager, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I walked around and said I was agnostic. And, and really, I just... I didn't have anybody feeding into me anything from for that side of my life, and so it was hurry up and figure it out on your own. You're going to do everything on your own, and then it, the moment that it hit me was when my daughter was born. It was like, dude, I can't do this by myself. Yeah, and, 
And I think it's the first time we really started putting ourselves out there, you know, trying to go to church, trying to read the Bible. Um, it's, we moved to West Texas, went to a great church there, uh, Celebration Church. Uh, I was actually baptized in, uh, in San Angelo. Uh, That's cool. And, and really, I, I, looking back, probably one of the best things for me was sitting in an 18-wheeler hauling crude oil. I got tired of listening to music. Nothing to do for 15 hours a day, staring at a white line. Mm -hmm. And I found audio Bible, and it was for 15 hours a day. I listened to the Bible every day. Dang. Wow. I made it through front to back six times. Jeez. And now, it's not like it's not I like hope the narrator normal. was like pleasant to listen to. <laughs> oh, it was boring at first, but it was like Genesis this, chapter this, one. Oh, that's it. Like, numbers was like, <laughs> oh, oh, dude. And <laughs> Rachel begat. Oh, Ezekiel yeah. and Ezekiel begat. <laughs> yep. But if you can imagine doing that for 15 hours, it's... No. You know, I, I wasn't able to, like, treat it like a Bible study and highlight take my notes, Bible or right, take right. notes, but it's... I, I feel like it gave me, like, this really decent understanding of the Bible as a whole, hmm. like, where it's more of, like, the... And a lot of people the, don't have, yeah. Yeah, it's the 30,000 feet view right. of... Man, hey, what's the moral of this whole book? Right. That's, uh, I don't know. So how did you end up at Simple Church? What's oh, the connection there? Because um, you, you're out in West right, Texas, so, y'all. Y'all decide you're going to do the the food truck. So you're doing that. Move home. Yep. You move home. Or move here. Yeah, yeah, here. How, when do you decide, hey, let's check out that Justin guy? <laughs> All right, so. And I hope you sounded just like that. That's exactly. So, so I, I told you I was a big drinker. Right. Um, I used to be a big when, drinker, too. When, when I was in the oil field, hauling crude oil, there was no time for that. So, drank a lot less. Uh, I still found time I, in the oil field. Yeah, I, I was, man, they had me half the weekdays, half the weeknights with a 24-hour reset. And it was like, wow. there was, was no time for it. So, I drank less. And then we came back and... Kind of jump on the food truck with Peanut. Haley and I had moved forward a little spiritually, I think. Still, like, never dug in. Um, and the drinking kind of picked back up again. I mean, we're, we're driving this food truck around, and uh, I think the first fix was, all right, I was not spending a lot of time with my family. During that time. And the food truck, again, just listen to your other pocket. You were open 24 hours a day, right? Y'all basically were trading out to make it work. Yeah, man. I, like, man, we moved into a $450 a month rent house. My my kids didn't get baby food. They ate po' boys. Hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, there wasn't health insurance. Like, there wasn't any spare money for anything. Uh, we did manage to find money for beer. Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, so that kind of became the thing. It's man, I, my, like my wife sitting at home with the kids. But that's a big responsibility to take care of when we're out just trying to make it. And I'm sure she's looking at this like, oh, my gosh. Like, we quit making all this money in the oil field. I've now moved into this little bitty house. I'm stuck with the responsibility of all the kids. So she sees all that. And then I am having a little fun while we're working. And... Uh, that's when conversations really started happening between her and I, 
was, hey, this isn't sustainable. Like, we're going to have to get back to the direction we were in in San Angelo. And uh, so we started hunting churches. Uh, like with a bow and arrow? Or? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Spear. No, we just popping into a church, man. I, we went to a bunch of them. We went to... There's one. Uh, we went to Word of God. We saw that one. We went to uh, River Park. Like, yeah. Just checking them out. Um, and then Brittany called Haley and said, look, I need some help. Like at the time she was running one of the baby rooms yeah. there. Brittany Reeves, a great volunteer, mm-hmm. the yeah, kids ministry. Had been, we've been friends with her and we're like, look, we're looking for churches anyway. We'll come up and volunteer for an hour. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I think one of the reasons we didn't really look at simple church was we had come from this small church in San Angelo where it's like, and we did it in a movie theater. Yeah. Like, you know, we kind of knew everybody. It was, uh, it was intimidating walking yeah. into simple church. It was like, dude, there's a bunch of people here. Yeah, we were, but we were still small back then. I think we were like four or 5,000 people. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, tiny. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause yeah, starting in the theater, you came later when we were already at the convention center, right? Yeah. Cause when yeah. you first started coming yeah. around. So it was definitely a different vibe for sure. Yeah. And I think that's what we were looking for. We're like, we were really lost, I think, at the time. We were just looking for some way to get connected, and it was like, no way can you get connected at a church that big. this big. And moving into the baby room, man, it's just a small group of people there, and it's we never left. That's awesome. <laughs> and then we got you. Pause yep. right there, because that's a cool yeah. part of the story, too, is Brittany, not knowing that, really did change the course of y'all's life. Yeah, for sure. You by doing that with a simple trajectory. Invite. Oh, the trajectory. That's a good word, Scott. But it really does matter. And that's why if you're listening to this and you're thinking about inviting that person or you have a friend or somebody that's going through something, the best invite, the most effective way is to come from somebody they know. Yeah. If we go out and we're staying on the street corner with a bullhorn and yelling at people and talking about Simple Church, <laughs> it doesn't really mean a lot, but this is somebody y'all but, are friends with. But also you, you touched another good point because a, a lot of criticism, specifically with us, is because we are so large. People are like, I just don't feel like I can, can connect. But even within the big group, there are small groups to connect with. You found yours in the baby room. If it wasn't for that baby room, you might not have enjoyed it so much. But because you were willing to, which I find it truly fascinating and amazing that you and your wife were like, hey, on our first Sunday, let's go volunteer with some whiny little kids (laughs) for an hour. So that right there is crazy. You have your own kids that you're trying to get away from. At at that point, dude, I'm just going to go anywhere my wife tells me to go. Right. Because like I'm like I'm already just kind of permanently in the doghouse at that at that point. <laughs> you needed the win, right? It's like yeah, dude. dude I, change like, yeah, in I'll the pocket, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want, honey. Yeah, that's a, that's so funny. But See, man, yeah, it, like walking in, it, it it looked like a big church. Um, yeah, I I think the the outsider perspective that we were hearing from other people is oh, it's a it's a starter church. Like that never made sense to me either. Like. You got to start at church, like, right? You got to have the doors <laughs> wide open to bring in everyone. Like we all, we all need help in that department, and at, at every level. And and I think in my time was going to Simple Church, man. I found myself like involved in life groups, and uh, man, it's like I've got these these people that I can text it all these times in my life that like their personal relationships that hey man i don't have i don't have this one figured out and i need some help and it's um 
I don't know. I just it's it's, it's a lot deeper than I think mm. from the outside actually realize because it's easy it's, to see something from out in social media or you go and you hear something secondhand and not see what it is and criticize yeah. and again we're obviously biased we know that but i personally feel that we're being like jesus being an inviter going and seeking out people and then having them come and want to feel like they want to be there instead of a country club right or it's yeah. a close mitt members only well because it's, it's the light and the darkness yeah well and really i think what we strive to do more than anything else is to make it comfortable yeah because sure. really, that's where you feel your most, your safest, and your most vulnerable is when you're comfortable. That's true. And I'm gonna be really mad if I try to get into heaven and he's like, "Dude, you wore a t-shirt." Pants only, sir. So yeah. So when <laughs> that just reminds me real quick, when my grandmother, when Simple Church first started, she was she was so upset that we just wore shorts and t-shirt, mm-hmm. and she said, "What happens if you die, and you go before Jesus, and you're just you know?" And I said. Nana, what if I die in the shower? I'll be naked. That's a bad theology. Nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Not even God. So I think us wearing shorts and short sleeves, I think you'll be happy as long as there's something. And as someone who's listened to the Bible six times, I don't remember that being in there anywhere. And Jesus said (laughs) to thine, where are thy dockers with the dock sliders? You know, and it's... uh, doesn't matter that I've listened to it six times. Like I'm, I'm not. Oh, I know. I'm just I, picking. I, I, I'm not in it enough. Like I should be in it more. Like it just <clears throat> at that time in my life, it was what you needed. Man, it's I. Well, I went 25 years of my life without knowing any of it. Like I don't. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> 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 no, it's just. I think that's great, and I think that is a big deal that you were willing, you were hungry, you were seeking to look for something to connect with God to do that. And when you were ready, you found us. That was a great fit. You was right in the culture and helping. And you guys jumped in both way. I mean, all in, jumped in with trying to go and be able to serve. And then since then, it's hopefully made your life better. I would think, and just knowing some of your story, I know it is we're going to get ahead. But before you got to that point, (laughs) you guys were kind of barely making it with the food truck. You were basically paycheck to paycheck trying to get by. It was some dicey times. You almost quit. There there wasn't a paycheck. (laughs) Just... I mean, I'm no serious. Paycheck, it was that. Yeah. It was we didn't pay ourselves for the first three years, and then we got into Bojacks. We opened it, and for the first year, we didn't take a paycheck. We paid everybody else. Um, then we finally started making money, and we're like, man, maybe we can squeeze like fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and we've just pumped everything back into the business to let it grow, and it's. It's done its thing. It's grown. And that's a whole other podcast that is fascinating of yeah. you being an entrepreneur and figuring that out and how all that stuff happens. We weren't getting too in the weeds of that. Yeah. Too simple money. Oh, there we go. I like that. I'm simple in. entrepreneur. Mm. But you guys open this restaurant, you do that. But let's talk about your personal life for a little bit because in that kind of process, you kind of hit rock bottom. You talked oh, about yeah. this on this other podcast. I know you're pretty open about it. So talk about that and that phase of your life. All right. So, I mean, the, drinking was probably the primary reason for that i mean no, no doubt i was an alcoholic um and, and then all the other stress in life with all of that um man I, Haley and i in our marriage found ourselves just in that point where this isn't going to work like it's we're we're we want two different things we're trying to go two different directions um and i don't know where the conversation started but I do know that with having no money, <laughs> we couldn't afford counseling. Um, and somewhere, Simple Church stepped in. 
and they uh, they basically offered us. Uh, I, th- I think we got three sessions yeah. at Clint David's yeah. still counseling. Do that. Yep, uh, best thing that ever happened for me and Haley. It's uh, it's where the process of us learning how to communicate with each other happened. Um, in all that process, uh, I don't know, just knowing how, actually hearing and being able to receive how bad I was hurting her, I think, with my actions of drinking and not being able to handle myself. I mean, it's not like I, I beat her, but, uh, like, we would – we would cut, get into some really escalated, high volume arguments. Arguments, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I was hurting her, and I and I couldn't hear her telling me that. And I think we've we learned how to talk about that in counseling. And the moment I heard it, and I realized, like, dude, I've like I hurt my wife. Like, um, man, it's I I lost the appetite for alcohol. It was like, mm-hmm. dude, there isn't any any reward I'm getting from this anyway, really. I wake up hungover, like I uh, like I don't like being out of control, uh, and I was every time like I was drinking. And I just, I decided, look, this is not for me anymore. And you, and she turned around and she quit drinking at the same time. And it's uh, it's pretty neat. We haven't had a drop of alcohol since. And How long has that been? Oh, we're Roughly. right at five years. Five years. So um, y'all didn't do a program or anything? No, but it was just wow. Like that. Uh, that's pretty hardcore. That's, and I don't know. Uh, that is awesome. And when I tell you I was drinking a lot, like we're talking 30, 30 beers a day. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was there with you. It was a lot. And Scott shared some of that on the podcast yeah. before. If you haven't heard yeah. that, but he's yeah, also- I'm, I've only been sober for two and a half years or so. Man, I, ch- I, I tried to quit drinking a couple times. Like, if, if, you're not going to quit drinking until you decide you're going to quit drinking. Yeah. Like, it's, you can't do it for everybody else. And I, I know I kind of say that sounds like I did it for my wife. No, I couldn't live with the, the fact that, like, I had hurt somebody at that level, I think. That's why I quit. Yeah, yeah. I, I went through a program. Uh, of course, I chose to do it right during the pandemic. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it was definitely a great decision. No, and that's, again, statistically, what I kind of read and see is you've really beat a lot of the odds that as a 30-something-year-old man, you were willing to go to counseling, you were willing to stop drinking, you saved your marriage, you saved your family, and I'm just going to brag on you because I just think that's such a cool story, and I hope that if you're listening to this or you have a friend or somebody that's listening to this, again, we're not putting you on a pedestal, we're not saying you're perfect, you haven't just (laughs) done everything right, but... God has really worked in your life and has worked through you now in so many ways that you were at this pivotal moment that it probably all could have gone away. You could have lost your family. You could have kept drinking. The business wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be helping the people you're helping now by employing them and creating those jobs. And you figured it out. God worked in you to do that. And that's just such a cool thing we want to celebrate having you on the podcast when I was thinking about having you on and talking about it because I know you would be humble and not want to brag on yourself. But from the outside looking in, that is exactly what Simple Church wants to be about that we'd want to be a partner with what God's doing and the Holy Spirit trying to walk alongside him to have people come meet him, be able to do things in a different way, in comfortable clothing, not be a barrier to keep you from coming, to help people's lives to be better, to change. And you are a great example of that. And again, I'll stop blowing smoke. I know you probably don't like it. You don't want to do that. But I just think that is so cool. And I hope that people hear that and know that is the heart of who we are. That is what Simple Church is about. Starter Church, criticize. We're 
shallow, whatever you want to say, we care about people and we want them to help move them to get better and take those steps. Yeah. Well, I just, I put it this way, man, for first 30 years, I tried it my way hmm. and I, uh, I would do everything I could to disprove to anybody that like, man, the Bible, that's, dude, that's, that's a joke. Like, yeah. you know, and then I just, I don't know. I look at my life like before that decision and after that decision. And I don't know that it always works that way for everybody. Like, I, I just know my life is better. I'm happier. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of all that, cause you have been, as they might say, richly blessed. Mm, now, sure. we, you have Hurricane Alley. Mm-hmm. So, and we have an event coming up there soon, which is Worship Night. Yeah. So, we'll talk the, to you about what made you decide to, first of all, build Hurricane Alley, and then talk a little bit more about the event. Okay. Um, so, COVID. We remember it. It, it, it affected <laughs> everybody. And this our, podcast, podcast started in the middle of it. Yeah, this is how, because of the... That's how this all started. Yeah. So they they told us, the government said, you know what? You're only doing curbside. Nobody can come in the restaurant. And so we made a phone call to the city. We were in an open container district. And they they were kind of playing around with that. Like, well, you can have people outside. I was like, okay, well, how many, how many square feet are available to us outside? And because the open container district, it was like all of it. And so we're like, dude, we'll just go we'll buy a bunch of picnic tables and we're going to throw them behind the restaurant. We'll just space them out really good and do our best trying to serve everybody. And it just instantly was packed back mm. there. And then the next thing we hear is, okay, do you think we get some, some live music going out here? And we're like, okay, I'll like, yeah, we can do that. We went to Guitar Center and we bought like two <laughs> EV15s. You're watching YouTube videos? Are you out there playing? <laughs> not me, but we uh, we just we had a couple of musician friends that tried to run like a soundboard for us, and uh, we put like two tiny drum risers together and put a tent over it, and I don't just started calling it Hurricane Alley, um, and that's just progressively grown. We put a big TV out there. Just so people could watch football. TV's an understatement. It's a giant LED wall, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like I think we measure it's 319 inches. It is which awesome. Is, that's, yeah, it's, it's a little big. <laughs> we're, we're, maybe we're overcompensating for something. Oh, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's a great setup out there. Y'all yeah. just built a stage, right? That just yeah, so, so this, the music took off, and then kind of during the winter months, uh, we invested in building it out to a full-blown music venue. We built this massive stage out there. Uh, it's state made us put in restrooms back there. Uh, so there's, I think there's like 14 restrooms. It's this big giant building out there. The stage is like 42 by 33. And it's got Huge. this big roof that goes up and down. I, we started kind of having fun with it. It's, uh, uh, so I, I think my my part of the vision there, because it's not just me, it's me and all my business yeah. partners. Man, I got a lot of respect for musicians who who go out and hustle. Like Gigan. every time I see them, like pull up in a little van with their trailer behind it and they're unloading their gear, uh, it makes me think of like when we were on the food truck, and it's uh, 
it's like, dude, I know what this is like. Like these kids are, they're grinding. They're just trying to make it. They're going to go from this setup to this setup, probably not make a lot of money. And so we've, we've tried to pay them as above average hmm. as we can. Um, and we're trying to put good music out for the customer too. But like, I, sometimes, man, we just book people who we really think like are out there doing the thing. Trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Giving them a platform, giving them a shot. So what I'm hearing is, is that I should come with an acoustic guitar and sit on the stage. I will be front row. Yeah, come on. Please just come <laughs> and be horrible and see how long people sit there. <laughs> that, what, we'll so, video it. This, this next Sunday, we'll go about 11 p.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. We got a spot for you, Scott. Yeah, yep. That's hilarious. But I love that. And I think that goes back to a theme that we've seen in you and you guys and the business down there is generosity. That you guys are trying to be generous and use what God has given you to go and is the business of helping employees, paying people through COVID. I know in the other podcast I listened to, you talked about trying to find jobs for them and going to feed hospitals and being creative with that and take care of your people. And then everything that you and Haley and Brittany have done as far as water wells in Honduras is amazing. That's right. We'll link to their episode. Your wife Haley was on the podcast talking about raising money and getting ready to go do more water wells in Honduras. Yeah, I don't know necessarily how to explain where all that comes from. It comes from a bunch of different places. Yeah. Um, Man, it's, there's some times. Number one, the whole food truck journey. There's, did I like I could sit here for this whole podcast and try to list people that helped us just stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've never really forgotten that. Um, then the quitting drinking, and hey, now now we own we own the, all these bars. Um, you know, uh, not all just my decision to do that like it's what we've known like it's that's how we know how to make money um i remember struggling with that pretty hard in the beginning having a conversation with justin and justin trying to help me kind of walk through that and navigate where to be in that um there's there's pieces of that that i think make me feel every day when i wake up and tie my shoes and get up that like Hey, if we're going to do this, man. Do you so, tie your shoes before you get up? Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, I do. I just slide oh, them okay. off. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, man, I don't know. Like, if, for me personally, I feel like there's some responsibility hmm. to to go and do some things for all the people that have helped us. I remember what it was like when I was an alcoholic and I had nowhere to turn. Right. Um it's it's been pretty neat i don't i don't really talk about it a lot like there's been people that have found me not drinking and they want to know how do you not drink and run a bar and i've seen them turn around and move yeah. to sobriety that's and a big deal it's uh i don't know stuff like that is it just it just happens i I don't. I don't really know why we keep saying, "Hey, let's just do all this stuff." I think it's but, an overflow of your heart. I really yeah. do believe that. Just again, from the outside, yeah, not knowing any of that, yeah. you're in the world, but you're not of it. Yeah, you are true. a light in a dark place where you are that person that people see and how you treat people and the way you act and your character. God, that, we mess it up every day. Sure, right? <laughs> we Everyone all can. Like, that's um, there's very few of us that are perfect. I it's, would say just one ever. <laughs> it's it's really neat to see just. 
how the team of people there like catch everybody like like i'm having an off day and i'm like dude i don't really want to do anything for anybody i'm all about me right now it, somebody else on the team is like man that's this is this is what we do y'all lift each other up? Yeah, lift yeah. each other up it's like it's pretty neat to watch that it's uh, i don't know it's and it's 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 everybody on the ownership team it's 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 my managers doing it it's employees coming up now and like hey do you think we can do this and like y'all yeah, created not? that Let's culture it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's pretty neat like uh, i couldn't really explain how it got there it just got there that's awesome. I like it. That's yeah. I think God working through you, and I'm going to say it for yeah. you the, mm-hmm. through your behalf because yeah. we see it. And again, none of us are perfect. None of it does it right all the time. But you've been generous to us. We've done partner parties there when you opened the space. It was one of the first things. Yeah, so I spent so six months of my life there at watch parties. That's right yeah. during COVID. Yeah, that was pretty neat too. <laughs> hey, dude, I couldn't tell you how many of my so. Uh, I mean, I was a, I'm a restaurant guy. Like, dude, I wasn't off on Sundays. Sundays, if you work in the restaurant business, you're not day. off because us church people show up and try to yeah, come and eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Waxed right after right. church, um, <laughs> and are horrible to you most of the time, probably. But I couldn't tell you how many of my employees really appreciated that. that was their first access to that. I mean, they've been in the restaurant business their whole life too, hmm. and uh, there's a bunch of them that that still still watch online. I know they make time for that. And I don't. I, I think had y'all not come in and done that, like. They never would have been introduced to that. Good job, Scott. Hey, a lot of those people are the people that are coming to me and they're like, hey, can we do this or can we do that? That's They're inspired to do good. That's awesome. It's contagious, man. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm humble. (laughs) So we did an event when you guys opened the stage last spring, and now we're coming back, like Scott said, and we'll wrap up on that. October the 30th. Or no, is that right? Yeah, Yeah, October 30th. The day after my marriage. Scott's getting married, so he will not be there. But on October 30th, I'll be there, Bo. I will be hopefully on my honeymoon. We'll see. So it's (sighs) hopefully. it's crazy how many people come to this. So the first time I put, this is this either three or four times on worship night there yeah. now. But the first one, man, I uh, I put it on social media. I was like, hey, Simple Church is coming in there. They're, I couldn't tell you how much like backlash I got. They're like, there's no, you can't do that. Like church like, people or yeah. people mad because it was a church I, coming. I don't in. know who the people were, yeah. but it's like it's like you can't do church there. There's alcohol there, like. And then, and then we posted all the pictures of like, eight hundred people there, yeah. and it was, and then it was like I'm coming to the next <laughs> one. Like they that looks awesome. That looks yeah. fun. Like I don't know. Like I I thought that was pretty pretty neat. Well, and what's really cool about it is is like so you will have people that are coming there to drink. They are coming to say, like I remember one time we did it. A whole bunch of bikers showed up because they were having a big thing at Frozen Piro, but then they actually ended up leaving Frozen Piro and coming out and sitting right next to the stage were not rowdy, worshipped with everybody else and had a great time and was complimenting yeah. us after the fact. So, it's, you know, you can't judge a, books by its cover. It's a, it's an access thing. Mm. So, yeah. so back in the day I lived, uh, so I told you I worked at Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. And then there was Rock and Rodeo right next door. <laughs> and I lived in the apartment complex on the other, I the lived other in, side of the parking lot. That was, hotel on the other side, and we moved here for like a month. I can't remember we could have been neighbors. It's like Port-au-Prince. I yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there was like a little hole in the fence. And I'm telling you, like at that time of my life, like I worked, I went to the bar, and then there was a little guy that would drive me back to the fence in his little golf cart, <laughs> and I would go inside and I would go to sleep. 
And wow. uh, for me, that was my entire life for like eight years. Like where, where is there any access to anything spiritually in that? There's not. And it was like, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm in this little circle or loop and it's, it's got a hold of me. And if the church people never go out where people are that don't go to your church. <laughs> yeah, the same way you were in that bad loop, there's church people that are in their church loop. Yeah. Exactly. That will never get out. So then it's all about merging the loops together and Ooh. making the Olympic loops. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just. No, that's a great point. Yeah, but no, it really that is. is. who we want to be. We try to go out. We shut the doors of the building we rent and go out in the community. We yeah. do different events, feed hospitals, yeah. try to go and be places where the people are that we say we care about and want to reach and we want to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. That is a big deal to us and that's a great illustration of that. So October 30th, we'll be out there at Hurricane Alley that Sunday night. We'd love for you to come join us for a worship night. We're going to be doing baptism. So I know you said you got baptized in your 20s, huh? I did. And yep. that's, again, statistically unlikely that most of the time they say people make that decision for Christ and get baptized before they're 18. It's like 70 to 80% really? of people wow. that what they say. So you are the exception to that. And He's if you're somebody that's never gotten baptized, I like that kind of stuff, <laughs> the church research. But if yeah. you're somebody that never gotten baptized, you've been interested about it, you're ready to kind of maybe turn over a new leaf. It's been a long time since you were a kid. This would be a great, great time to do that. Justin is going to have a message about it. So make sure you download the Simple Church app. Follow us on YouTube and all that good stuff. If you want more information, it's coming in the next couple weeks. But we'd love for you to get baptized that night, bring your family out, celebrate, enjoy some great music and a great venue, and we would love to see you October 30th. And Bo, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Man, for sharing some story. Yes. Absolutely. We'd love for you to come back. We'll pull you that out. Entrepreneur Money Podcast with Scott. I'm yes. in. We'll call it Scott's Money. <laughs> yes. Because if you remember uh, Rock Tots. and Rodeo, oh. we used to be known as Daddy's Money. I did not know was that. It really? Yes, it was Daddy's Money before Rock and Rodeo, and it was a teen club during uh, before 9 p.m., and then at 9 p.m., it became an adult club. How, so, I did not know that. How, how, I'm 39. Oh, you're only a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm 35, so I'm a little behind you. Yeah, yeah. So you could get in, uh, like, I think at 6 p.m., and you they made you wear a little arm bracelet. Yeah, huh. I went. Did you tear up the dance floor? I did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be dancing at the at your, night? I will not. At your wedding? Not He'll be, be dancing at his yeah. wedding the night before. No. No dancing? No, we're not doing dancing. Oh, okay. We're having a very simple affair. Hmm. There you yeah. go. We're I'm not gonna, even, yeah, it's non-traditional. I'm going to bring the podcast gear and record it. We'll let you We Yes, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's going to be non-traditional. All we're really hoping, because it is right next to Halloween, literally Halloween is that Monday, we are praying, my bride and I are praying that somebody shows up dressed up. He's yeah. sent that rumor out a couple of times. Yeah. He's kind of told people, like, it's going to be a costume. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we've well, been telling we've been up. telling certain people, like, because they've been asking, and we've been like, yeah, it's dress up. Yeah, we're going to be dressed up. Just hoping one person shows up and is like, oh. Why are they a money? So, <laughs> so we're, I think, I think you and your bride-to-be should dress up. Go, mm. Just go all the way out there. Like uh, I, I mentioned that because... Halloween is my favorite holiday. It really is. Right. And I mentioned that, and she was not for it. <laughs> she didn't like that? No, she didn't like that. Happy wife. Happy, Happy life. Happy life. That's, That's right. That's a good note to end yeah. on. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast, listen to the next Give episode. Give us a five-star review. That would be great, Scott. Thank you. We're going to have the Simple Church Band on to talk about worship night some more and yes. some more of what we're doing. So tune in for that. You don't want to miss the it. The wolf is coming back. Thanks again, Bo, for coming on. Thanks, You're so Bo. welcome.